0: Welcome back to Cam and Rue Start a Book Club. We interrupt our regular book schedule with a very special edition episode.
1: Yes, indeed, Indeed. (laughs) we do. Halloweeny.
0: In celebration of Halloween, which is personally one of my favorite holidays, you, Rue, are responsible for that. You always made sure Halloween was a really fun holiday for me as a kid. We always had homemade pizza, that night. We would watch um, a lot of fun kind of scary TV shows and movies throughout the day and obviously candy was always a good thing to look forward to but also you brought in a ton of Halloween themed stories. So whatever was my favorite book at that age when I was younger maybe it was Winnie the Pooh. I would get a Winnie the Pooh like scary Halloween themed book and that's just kind of how it went every year. We we always did a big thing for Halloween.
1: Not real scary, though. <laughs> just kind of lightweight scary. Mm,
0: well, it depended on how much involvement Joseph, my older brother, had.
1: Yeah, you like goosebumps.
0: <laughs> All right, well, in celebration of Halloween, we're going a little off our regular schedule, and Rue and I are going to be talking about uh, practical magic, which is... One of my favorite movies to watch every year. Uh, I had never read this story though, so this was a fun story to um, kind of go off track with this month.
1: Well, Joseph tells me I read it and then told him to read it, but I have no memory of reading this book. <laughs> I really enjoyed it.
0: Not an uncommon theme for you lately, as you get older. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Well, I definitely enjoyed it as well. Kind of true to most books, though. The book has a lot more detail than the movie, and so there are just a lot of details that you end up finding when you read the actual story from the author versus what they can fit into an hour and a half long movie.
1: Yeah, they took some poetic license, and I'm glad I saw the movie first. Otherwise, I would have been disappointed. (laughs)
0: that's how it normally goes right you read a book and you really love the story and then you watch the movie and you're so excited for that book to come to life and then nothing is the way that you you think it should be nothing's very true to the book especially this one this book in particular was very different and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into the characters um But we probably should remind everyone what we'll be talking about next month. We've already recorded the episode. Originally this month, we were going to be releasing an episode on The Shadow King. Um, So look forward to that next month. And in the meantime, we're going to dive into Practical Magic.
1: By Alice Hoffman.
0: (laughs) All right, Ruth. So we should obviously start with the two sisters. So even though the book was very different from the movie... Sally and Jillian, the two sisters, are still at the heart of this story.
1: And their aunts, Jet and Frances.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Sally and Jillian, really, uh, at least in terms of personality, they stayed very true to the story throughout the movie. Sally is a very kind of straight laced, uh, do good kind of person. She kind of goes with the law. Uh, she likes rules. She likes to be seen as a good person. And Jillian is a much more fluid character. She's definitely looking to get into some trouble.
1: Jillian is wilder than a peach orchard squirrel. <laughs> and Sally is very practical-minded and caretaking. Mm-hmm.
0: I think what was interesting about this book in particular... As we start with Sally and Jillian, uh, we stay with them as children. We start to see how Sally and Jillian became who they are. Um, You kind of follow them through some school interactions. You see a little bit more about how they ended up with their aunts, Jet and Francis. And so you start to get a more full picture, I mean, as any good book would do, of how that character got to become the person that they are. Yes. Now... Jet and Francis, I think, are on a similar path. They're very overarching caretaking ants. They're still dabbling in love potions for the uh, community around them, for the villagers that live in the town.
1: They're seen as witches. Mm-hmm. That's how the townspeople see them.
0: That's how their whole family is seen—the Owens family. So they're still witches through in this book. Um, but I think Jet and Francis, just like they do in the movie. They stand as very large figures in Sally and Jillian's lives.
1: Yes, and when they're in trouble, that's who they go to. Mm -hmm.
0: They particularly leave a very strong impression on Jillian, and I think that's something that was lost a little bit in the movie. I remember every time we watch it, you're kind of like, Jillian, why would you leave? I, I mean, I think there's some of that wanting to get out of your small town And experience something different. I think everybody feels that component to life. I felt that when I moved away from our hometown in Arkansas for St. Louis. Um, But in the book, you get a lot more understanding about how Jillian feels like she will never measure up to what Jet and Francis want her to be. Right. And that's what chases her away from her family.
1: They don't have the same expectation for Sally.
0: No, I think that's that's another component of just sibling relationships, right? And mm-hmm. no matter how well-intentioned your family can be, um, siblings, even though they can be raised in the same circumstances and by the same people, they can feel very different expectations. And we see that most commonly in uh, brothers and sisters, that sisters have different responsibilities and expectations placed on them than their brothers.
1: Mm-hmm. It can happen even between brothers in a family or between sisters in a family.
0: All based on talent, right? So normally we see it based on talent. And Sally is someone that really uh, tries to downplay the talents that she receives from the benefit of being in her family. She wants to live a normal lifestyle. Yes. And Jillian is all about it. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) In
0: particular, she loves love, and she spends a good chunk of the book chasing love. That's also what happens to get her in the most trouble.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's love or lust, but she goes after it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think Jillian is an interesting character in that she represents society's own inability at times to distinguish between the two right everyone kind of learns through time that love is a complex feeling and there's different stages of it and sometimes what you're feeling for someone isn't love it's maybe an infatuation
1: yep
0: Uh, we still also have Sally's two daughters and throughout the book you really see the two girls Antonia and Kylie grow up
1: Kylie is just about to turn 13 in the book.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's the youngest. Mm-hmm. So we're with these characters for several decades.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From Sally and Jillian being little girls to Sally's own little girls growing up. Yes. Uh, we also still have Jimmy. He remains a persistent problem in both the book and the movie.
1: Yeah, he was horrible. He yeah. was abusive. He was murderous. He was horrible.
0: Yeah, I think his character was a lot more insidious in this book. Um, So those familiar with the movie will remember him for being a pretty violent and inconsiderate misogynist. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's still that way in this book. Probably worse, though.
1: He's worse because he's dealing drugs that kill people and he knows it and Mm -hmm. he doesn't care.
0: Something I thought was really interesting about Jimmy in the book versus the movie um, is his death. So in the movie, we see his death take place. In the book, uh, at the point that we see Jimmy enter, he's already dead. Mm-hmm. So at that point in the book, Jillian's coming to Sally for help. Uh, but we don't really see how she got into that position. We see her describe it. Uh, we kind of go through Sally's own narrative of what she thinks probably happened and how Jillian got there. Um, but Jimmy's already dead by the time we meet him.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, let's see. And I still
1: don't like him.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, Rude, Jimmy's are, um...
1: Problematic.
0: Frequently problematic. (laughs) (laughs) True to nature. Um, let's see. I think before we dive into some themes, I do think we spend a large amount of the book in Sally's narrative. Yes. So Sally is still a very prominent figure in this novel. It's easy to see why Sally is chosen as the central figure for the movie.
1: I have more sympathy for Jillian in the book than I did in the movie.
0: Right, because I think you have more time to kind of understand how Jillian gets into the situations that she gets into. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And then there's Gary, the detective.
0: Mm -hmm. So Gary is still in the book as well. And I was not quite sure. I have to tell you, uh, as I'm reading the, the book, I'm spending a lot of time going, this is not like the movie at all. Oh my gosh. And, you know, you kind of expect some of that when you go into a book after watching a movie so many times and you've really gone through that plot so much. And so you kind of think, well, how different could it really be? And I mean, you know, it's going to be different, but Um, I think by the time Gary entered into the story I really wasn't expecting him I was kind of like well everything is out there (laughs) (laughs) everything is super different
1: I still really like both I like the book and the movie Mm -hmm. I enjoyed both
0: agreed well I think this is a safe place to start getting into some of the themes of the book and we see all of these themes also in the movie so If you're hearing us talk about this and you're thinking, ooh, maybe I don't want to read that, I would still read it. I think many of the things that make the movie um, something that people love and return to are still in this book. Um, There's just more of them.
1: Well, Alice Hoffman is a very good author, and she is very good at representing relationships and, and people.
0: Yeah. And I think those are two things that are at the center of the book itself. So two themes that really stand out in this story are sisterhood. There's the immediate sisterhood of Sally and Jillian. And then we have that mirrored by their own aunts, Jet and Frances, but then also Sally's daughters, Antonia and Kylie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sisterhood's prominent.
0: And I think there's that direct sisterhood that like you're my sister but there's also an owens women sisterhood Mm -hmm. Um, i think when we start thinking about what alice hoffman may mean when she titles the book practical magic and how that could for me i've always taken that title to mean everyday magic the magic that is around you um that we kind of take for granted just the energy that we put into the world, the energy that people give us and the power of the relationships that we have. I think sometimes as you're reading these paragraphs, you do see Alice Hoffman build sympathy between characters, not familial characters, but there is a sisterhood between the women in her book. There are points in the book where Sally or Kylie are thinking about one of their neighbors Mm -hmm. that will come uh, across them either at their home or just grocery shopping. And you see that female to female empathy and sympathy as they start to kind of wonder about that person's uh, life and how they got there and how they're feeling. Uh, I think that comes through in particular with a storyline that we do see in the movie and it comes from the two ants, Chet and Francis. They're still dabbling, like we said, in love potions and making people fall in love. And there is a, a pharmacy. pharmacy employee that um, sees the ants and regrets that, regrets seeing the ants for that love request. And it drives her insane. And so you see Sally and Jillian think about and refer to that woman many times throughout the book. So that's what I mean by sisterhood. I think Alice Hoffman uses her narrative here to talk about the greater sisterhood of just women.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't force relationships like that. That doesn't work out well. And they tried to tell her, <laughs> but she wouldn't <laughs> listen. She had to have it.
0: Well, I think that is definitely a, the message, the takeaway from that part of this the story is that love is love and you kind of have to accept it the way that it is. Um, if, if the love isn't working for you, if it's not a good love for you, you kind of have to let it go. Um, but changing love is not always an easy thing to do. And you may not like what you receive when you do force that love to change. Right. And, um, I think this takes us into another big theme, which is just social constructs. I think we kind of have to talk about that when we talk about witches in general. The Salem Witch Trials is kind of the backdrop, right, of any witch story, which is just women that are a little odd, a little eccentric, um, how quickly they can be cast out of everyday society, and that uh, prominent members can just turn their backs on them at the at a win, you know, um, and so we see that happen to Sally and Jillian, and yes, they are witches in this book. That doesn't make them bad. They're they're not terrorizing their neighborhood, but we do see from a very young age that they're, um, there's a stigma uh, for their family name and the the meaning of that. Yes, they're bullied. Mm-hmm. And so there's always this, when you have, at least for me, whenever I'm reading these kinds of storylines that deal with witchcraft in general, there's that social construct of how quickly we can, as a society, turn our backs on anything different, anything strange, um, anything unexpected, and just push them out.
1: Right. There have been times in history where people had hysteria, like mass hysteria, and killed people. Because they called them witches. So yeah. They can get out of hand.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Well I think that kind of goes back to the idea of practical magic and that some people just seem very lucky in life. And so if you focus on how we get into the Salem Witch Trials there are some people that just have good luck. The timing is right for them. And I think How we get into situations like that is greed and jealousy, envy. We start to attribute, well, why do they have something that I want?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And why can't I have it?
1: Right. Or maybe they have an affinity with animals or they know a lot about plants and can heal you or something like that. And then next thing you know, they're being called witches.
0: Well, I think for me personally, um, I've seen just interactions between people. There are some people that go through their life and they try to live it from a place of gratitude and servitude. And there are a lot of people that are bothered by that kind of lifestyle. There are benefits sometimes that doors may open a little more easily when you use honey versus vinegar. And the people that are watching don't always realize that there is work being put into producing that honey. (laughs) to open a door. I think sometimes comically this comes up between my brother and I like um, I know as I was growing up I had maybe some some easier times navigating social interactions as a teenager. Um, Even in college I had a very good college experience and a lot of that came from just working on social relationships and I know My brother Joseph sometimes was very quick to just say, well, you're just lucky.
1: Yeah, he still does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just kind of waves away the work that can go into that. I think that's maybe one component of that practical magic that we see in everyday life is that some people really do focus on the energy that they put into the world. And through that lens, they're able to see good things happen to them, whether you believe that's how that works or not, I think there's um, a sense of gratitude in living life that way, that they see that positive energy they put into others return to them when something good happens to them. Yep. Obviously, feminism is a a big theme for a story like this. Jillian, in particular, I think represents a character that symbolizes the fight or the gender inequality between men and women. I think she often finds herself in relationships or she describes her past relationships as being um, on the receiving end of some pretty unfortunate situations. Sally represents a different path in that she is a single mother and so she's kind of going through and just trying to do the best that she can in her situation but Remain independent and not, uh, not trying to cause harm to her children.
1: Mhm. That's more like me.
0: Well, I think you identify with Sally a lot because Sally's storyline, at least the single mother and trying to make the best of your situation, I think that really is something that would resonate with you.
1: Mhm. That was us to a T. So Jillian made bad choices. <laughs> she did (laughs) she got things easily because she was beautiful and she made bad choices.
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I think that gets at the root of a theme in the book which is right versus wrong that kind of black and white mentality so does Jillian make bad choices I think Jillian makes questionable choices (laughs) there have been some very clear bad choices she makes and and she Reflects on that throughout the book. She talks about that to herself and to other characters, um,
1: to the point where she doesn't think she deserves a, a good, a good life.
0: Yeah, and I think there are a lot of people going through life that would relate to Jillian's experience and would see similar moments of decision making from their own past lives, and that's not just because they constantly make every bad decision, um, but I think with this book the story tries to do is find that balance between right and wrong, that very black and white viewpoint, and the gray area, that there are difficult choices to be made. And sometimes it's not always clear, is this the right decision um, or the wrong decision? And sometimes that can vary between people, right, Rue? Like, sometimes a decision that's right for you is not what's right for me.
1: Right,
0: And so I think this story, interestingly, is very good at kind of starting to bring the question of gray area into the forefront where you start to see Sally, who's very rigid in her rules and really likes a scheduled to the T kind of day versus Jillian, who is up for anything. (laughs)
1: <laughs> very wild <laughs>
0: <laughs> would live her whole day unplanned and i can think of many people in my life that are representative of both camps mm-hmm. um but i think there's something in this storyline about finding that that middle ground of moderation and and accepting that just because something is wrong for you that doesn't make it wrong for everyone else and i think that's a storyline that is inherent to the idea of witchcraft and witches, you know, I think witches represent that very sentiment, at least for Americans, that there is not just a a right and a wrong. I mean, when we do think about the Salem witch trials, many innocent women, none of those women were were witches. witches. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when we think about why they were deemed witches? They were ordinary people that just didn't conform. Probably they were socially different. Maybe. Or they,
1: somebody had a grudge against someone you, Someone had a she grudge. The finger at you.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, I think a story like this, or any story that really involves witchcraft and witches, kind of brings that into the forefront and is the primary feed for the reader. Mm-hmm. I think that's one reason that Americans in particular really love stories like this. Um, I think there's something in the brand of Americanism about being different and being true to yourself and um, that being okay. We struggle with that as a country at times, but I do think Americans in particular are always kind of interested in these kinds of stories.
1: Amer- Americans are usually individualism at heart. hmm they forget
0: that and they become judgmental. Well, I think their judgmentality can come, <laughs> our judgmentality can come from that individual perspective of I'm doing it the right way.
1: And you're not.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it would be great if we would be a little more we individually. <laughs> 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 but at the heart, I think what I'm trying to get at is just any story like this and Practical Magic is a great story for this is, um, starting to make the reader think about the gray area of life and accepting people that maybe don't conform to just your, your experience.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see that with Sally and Jillian.
0: Yeah. And I think that may be, so I will say, I've never read a book by Alice Hoffman before she, at least from what I remember hearing from other readers, uh, like you and my brother, Joseph, is that she... I remember her being more of a romance novelist, or at least her stories involving a lot of romance.
1: Her stories usually involve romance, but it's not like Harlequin or something. <laughs> the first book I read by her was Turtle Moon, and I loved it. There's mystery in it as well as romance, not mm. just romance.
0: Well, and as we're kind of talking about this whole... Um, moderation and gray area and finding the right path for you and accepting other people that aren't like you. I I think the love and romance components of this book made a lot more sense to me mm-hmm. um, through that lens. So uh, I think Alice Hoffman really brings in the love component of the relationships in this book to help the characters understand themselves better, mm-hmm. um, to kind of showcase that You can live your best life by loving someone else. That you can see your dreams realized by helping someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, For Jillian in particular, we see her have a much more full life than we do in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the novel, we see her find love again. Um, We see her go through more deep relationships including repairing her own relationship with sally
1: right mm-hmm. I mean, they had a hard spot there because she was influencing the younger daughter of sally mm-hmm. and not in a good way and so they weren't even talking there for a while but she got a better sense of herself in her relationship with her love interest <laughs>
0: But um, I think initially I was not quite sure where that fit in, but um, I think thinking through that lens of, of accepting others and accepting yourself at times, I think Alice Hoffman did a good job of using the love and romance in the book um, as a way of finding oneself, finding your own character development, your own personality.
1: Yep, that's what she does best.
0: Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, and then Rue, you said it earlier, um, when we were talking about the book before we started recording, but a big theme for this book, and I think it's kind of what brings the comedy in, uh, and, and probably really highlighted this story for a movie is that the past always catches up with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the curse started long ago. And in fact, there are other books prequel and sequel that brings out the full story of the Owens family.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and Jimmy and himself is a curse <laughs> yep. on their family. And he is a big representative of Jillian's past, literally coming back to her. Um,
1: well, the curse was if the Owens woman falls in love, then that man will die. There's a death beetle that scurries around and makes noise and, <laughs> And then he dies, and that happened to Sally's husband. And I hadn't just thought of it until just now, but poor old Jimmy died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying anything about a beetle, but he died. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that we we do see Alice bring a lot more comedy into the book through the situations like that, where the characters like Sally, who can be very just kind of straight faced and straight laced and kind of to the point. um, There are just moments in the book where she's kind of like, really like this again. (laughs) (laughs) I think Alice did a really good job using that theme to bring more depth and more storyline to the story in itself. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a good book. Everybody should read it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: another thing that you and i had been talking about earlier uh, just about what surprised us about the book is uh the lack of magic there are magical components in the book obviously jimmy coming back to haunt the family in itself is a supernatural event Mm -hmm. um the love potions that the ants work on is a supernatural event but largely sally and jillian live normal lives. Mm -hmm. Um, You see them do normal things. And I think that was true in the movie as well. You don't really see uh, kind of like a Sabrina the Teenage Witch or a Samantha from The Witched moment where they're pointing any any spells out or using their nose to change the world around them. Um, You largely see them focus on the intent that they start their day with. And Jillian, I think, is a really good example of that. When she's going through some really rough moments, she knows she's going to have a bad day because she's making it a bad day. (laughs) Um, Or she's waking up late, she didn't set an alarm, or she really focuses on sleep being a, a mood boost for her. I remember that from the book. And so I think the magic that you do see in the book is that it's practical. It's kind of that everyday experience. And I think that really invites you to start rethinking some of your ho-hum everyday situations as more magical than you may normally perceive them. Um, I don't know. I think there's something about that being bringing gratitude into the everyday, Um, Mm -hmm. not getting stuck in a rut and focusing more on the world around you, and nature is a big part of that. I think these characters are always in nature, talking about nature, thinking about nature, and nature is kind of more of the magical element in both the book and the movie.
1: Mm -hmm. And then when it becomes evident they're being haunted, they have to call the ants for help. Mm -hmm. And part part, part of that is... A frog brings in his ring, Jimmy's ring, into the house. And the detective sees it. Mm -hmm. So, Jillian thinks she's got him fooled. Sally knows he's not fooled. And then he sees the ring. Mm -hmm. So, he's disappointed. He feels like Sally should tell him the truth or something. But anyway, that's when they realize they need help. When they figure out they're being haunted. And the ants come to save the day.
0: (laughs) That scene in particular is one that varies greatly from the movie. I highly encourage you to read the book. That alone was um, a much more interesting... I think they they did a good job um, putting this book into a movie, but there are some scenes that were just a, a lot more thought through um, and you get a lot more backstory on and it just makes those so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um particularly how they relate to the character development and what makes the character who they are, Mm -hmm. which helps you kind of relate better to them as well.
1: What's odd is Sally and Jillian both have a love interest at the end, (laughs) and you don't hear anything else about the curse, so those guys may die too. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know. I don't know.
0: I thought the curse was a lot less prominent in the book I thought they they put more emphasis on that in the movie Mm -hmm. um you definitely still have the death beetle and there's mention of the Owen's curse but it didn't necessarily to me feel like in the book they were that worried about any potential love it felt more like the right love will survive and I think that was more of a metaphor that untrue love dies because it's not true. Like, uh, forced love, the wrong love, is not something that can exist for very long.
1: Well, Sally really loved Michael, and he died.
0: (laughs) But did Michael really love Sally? Well,
1: I think so. But the teenagers ran over him. (laughs) Those teenagers are a problem.
0: Right, well, I mean the teenagers here in real life are (laughs) just... (laughs) Harassing you on the street already, huh? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding like an old lady, bro.
1: Because <laughs> I am.
0: You're like, oh, those darn teenagers, <laughs> With those whippersnappers, those mm-hmm. youths.
1: <laughs> anyway, great book. I enjoyed
0: it. <laughs> I will say, definitely a good read. I would highly recommend it. This was a fun read just to read for October. Um, even though it isn't it kind of your more straightforward here's some magic for you kind of storyline. it's a lot more practical magic as the title suggests and uh but it still had some spooky elements and it was it's just something different from our normal kind of reads. I think you and I read a lot more kind of true to life typical everyday kind of stories, and so it's nice to go to something a little supernatural and spooky, especially for October.
1: Yeah, but we're not into horror books.
0: Well, what do you think was the spookiest element of this book?
1: Hmm. Him sitting in the yard and Kylie seeing him out there. <laughs> that really scared her.
0: I think Kylie is not a character we've talked a lot. We haven't talked much about Antonia or Kylie Um for for, for a particular reason. They have a much more developed storyline, and we definitely don't want to ruin that for you, um, but there is a point in the book that was very eerie um, that dealt with Kylie. It stands out to me um, where she was being um, chased. Do you remember
1: this? Yeah, she and Antonia didn't really get along, and that's what you had with an older and a younger sister. The older sister's too beautiful and everything comes easily to her just like it did with Jillian but she's really mean to Kylie Mm -hmm. and she's hard on her self image too and I don't understand why Sally put up with that but still when Kylie is being chased and she runs to her sister then her sister changes Well, I think she fell in love too and that changed her to begin with and then when kylie came in visibly upset from having been chased and almost attacked then that really made a difference in their relationship
0: i thought what was interesting about that narrative i think that really that part of the book really highlights the sisterhood component because antonia really starts to ask kylie questions about the assault mm-hmm. um, that to me suggested she'd had similar experiences she was kind of asking did this happen did that happen mm-hmm. you know and i think that's something that female readers could relate to that they've been in their own situations that have gotten tough um and violent um and could have gone the wrong way if they hadn't been quick on their feet
1: and she was only 13 mm-hmm. when these two men were chasing
0: her mm-hmm. well i think another reason that sticks out to me as very spooky and eerie was I felt like that was related to Jimmy. That was part of Jimmy's hunt. Remember, she had just found his ring. So Kylie was the first person to find Jimmy's ring. Mm -hmm. And they spoke like Jimmy did. They were using violent words. They were cursing. They were drunk like Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And she had the ring with her, didn't she?
1: No, she left it there. She left it there. She had handled it.
0: And it was right when she was leaving. Mm -hmm. I really thought that was just part of his haunting of that family
1: well his haunting made lots of things go badly <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. that's that's one that sticks out to me is kind of spooky and i think what this book does well is kind of your it's hard to see where the magic ends and begins mm-hmm. and there are a lot of components in this book that are representative of real life and i think that's kind of why readers and movie watchers like this story
1: it was really good.
0: Well, Alice Hoffman is a new author for me. I haven't read anything else by her, but I thought I thought it was very well written. Mm-hmm. And she deals with a lot of really heavy, complex themes and finds a way to interweave them mm-hmm. in a natural way.
1: Yep. yep. I've read several of her books and she she's true to form in every book. I just love her writing.
0: Well, and I really appreciated the way that she focused on nature as being the magical, powerful element throughout the book. Um, I think that is a very powerful element in our lives today. Um, And I think that just made it. I don't know, it brought some more realism into the book. It kind of takes the I don't know, Stories like Bewitched or Sabrina the Teenage Witch are fun, um, but they're kind of kooky, you know? You're kind of yeah. like, ah, that's just, you know, it's just so... Okay, a ghost haunting, not... <laughs> that's, not that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> not fun and kooky, but... Um, I don't know, I think there's something in the way that she handled magic that made it a lot more uh, digestible, relatable, and... I just appreciated the, the use of nature throughout the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
0: did too. Hmm. Well, definitely a good read, would recommend it. I know this came out of a suggestion from my friend and listener Angela. Um, she had been the one to say, well, you guys should do like a like a Halloween-themed read. Now she recommended Rue. Uh, what is that? It's the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. b- <laughs> and I did tell her you loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer so that may actually be up your alley but I know how much you and I love the Practical Magic movie Um, and with it being October I thought she had a great idea there and I thought that this would be the best book to start with so we may move on to Abraham Lincoln later Uh, but this one Practical Magic the story is one that you and I revisit every October. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And this was just a cool way to go explore it even further.
1: Well, I did read Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you hear that, Angela? You've (laughs) almost got her. Uh
1: Yeah, I did. I enjoyed that book, too, but it was kind of weird. I won't read it again. (laughs) Once was enough.
0: (laughs) But you do like kind of witchcraft storylines. Um, I kind of get that from you mm-hmm. um, being interested in those stories. This was as a long fun... as it's not
1: horrifying.
0: <laughs> this was definitely a fun read. I would read it again, and I would encourage our listeners to pick this book up as well.
1: Me too.
0: Cool. All right, Rue. Well, we... Had better get on to making some popcorn and starting up the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope everyone has a happy and safe Halloween. It's been a tough couple of pandemic-driven years, so hopefully you can find some time to have some fun with your own family, um, no matter what way you celebrate Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween.